The man of will breaks all boundaries. As above, so below. Magic of come to realize is a new way of seeing our own world. Something divine truly does exist. You're listening to the Culture Shock podcast with your host, Dave Escuro. Good morning. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Culture Shock Podcast. I'm your host, Dave. And today is going to be a really fun episode for me because normally when I have a guest on, you know, we talk about what they're doing or if they're an artist, what kind of, you know, new work they have coming out or website or things of that nature. But today I'm talking with my very dear friend, Whitney. And, you know, when Whitney and I hang out, we oftentimes just sort of talk you know, we wax poetic about life and culture and magic, right? Which, if you've ever read the tagline of this podcast, is essentially why I started it. Because I find great interest in those things. And so, what I wanted to do with this podcast was capture a, a snapshot, to give you almost a, a fly-on-the-wall perspective of some of the conversations that Whitney and I just naturally have. In fact, prior to us pushing record... We'd probably been talking for about three hours or maybe more uh, on my porch, you know, having these very same conversations. So uh, as we started talking throughout the podcast, it would not have been fair to contain into one episode. So this will be part one of my uh, conversation with Whitney. And uh, Whitney is an amazing artist in his own right. He's a videographer, he's a photographer, and he's a magician. And he's someone who I have a great deal of respect for. And as you'll listen who has a lot of great insight as it relates to magic and the philosophy and his personal philosophy behind it and um and how we can judge whether or not the practice that we're on is serving us in the way that we want it to so i hope you all enjoy i've enjoyed listening to this back i enjoyed having it i think you guys are gonna enjoy part two that comes out next week but i appreciate you listening to this one so without further ado it's my guest today whitney talking about the philosophy of magic you know, the funny thing is, is that we've probably been chatting for, I don't know, three hours at least, more at or less, least. which we, we could we could do a whole series of podcasts just based on our normal day to day conversations. And so we should just, we should just, we should just go around with the microphone and capture it. All of next season would just be you and I wa- <laughs> waxing poetic about whatever in the magic world we. Everyone but you and I would be super over it, super quick. <laughs> well, we should, yeah, we should have just been recording the last like three months. I know everything and we would have like years of podcasts I know know already done well I feel like we should we should definitely just just so that we can already go ahead and upset people right off the bat (laughs) we had a conversation on the porch that I think is just super relevant when we're we're talking about Crowley right Mm -hmm. and um, in the course of our conversation somewhere along the line the parallel was drawn between uh, Alistair Crowley, as he is related to people entering the world of magic, mm-hmm. and Che Guevara, as he relates to people entering the world of leftism or socialism. Because when I was coming up, you know, I got in, I got involved in politics at a very young age. In fact, I think I was like thirteen or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, following along with what my parents believed, they were really into like Ross Perot and stuff like that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And then, and then, you know, down the line when I when I formed my own ideas, I read like Noam Chomsky and and Communist Manifesto and and Che Guevara. If you were even remotely interested in socialism or or radicalism in any manner, that was like the go to icon. That you you almost needed to know nothing about socialism and if you bought a Che Guevara shirt you were kind of like in the club at least on the mm-hmm. periphery mm-hmm. and and 
as we were talking, I kind of feel like to some degree Crowley operates in that same as that same sort of icon for magic <laughs> in a way, right? Yeah, for sure. It's like there's not a lot of other magicians that are um, as well known as him outside of maybe like an Alan Moore or Grant Morrison. Yeah, true. you know, in terms of mainstream appeal, mm-hmm. um, but they they're not on the cover of Sgt. Pepper. No, you know, they're not. There's no Aussie song written after them, and so and mm-hmm. so I, I thought it was a, it was an it was sort of a natural thing that came out of our conversation. But now that we've said it, it <laughs> totally makes sense. It does. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's definitely the poster child, uh, and he's quote-unquote cool yeah um low-hanging fruit um you know and it feels like uh the shallow end of the pool yeah and when you um look into the philosophy Crowley's philosophy into Thelema he didn't have any original ideas yeah and he's you know a lot of the people who get really wrapped up into the cult of personality around Crowley mm-hmm. um, aren't interested and never were in diving deeper than than that. So they don't have the source material to see that a lot less colorful of people mm-hmm. have presented the same ideas already. And, um, you know... Yeah, and and look, I include myself in this as well. When you when I think it's natural that when you first get into practicing any sort of magic, mm-hmm. um, you you cling to what you what is available to you, mm-hmm. and uh, colorful personalities always stand out. There was I was mm-hmm. having a conversation with a buddy of mine about sort of the modern era as it relates to like activism, mm-hmm. wherein when we were coming up, mm-hmm. it was much harder to to rally people or organize people because the internet wasn't as prevalent and um you know you had to go and do boots on the ground outreach right Mm -hmm. and again as i stated like Che Guevara was like the one thing that people kind of knew because he was on like a rage against machine (laughs) you know in the same way that Crowley's known because he was on the aussie he had there was an aussie song about him yeah but like but like nowadays where everything all activism or most activism seems to be centered on internet usage, right? And social media usage. Yeah. The the organizers of the past, people who sort of arose to a position of authority, for lack of a better term, or mm-hmm. influence, maybe is a better way to use it. Those people rose to that position based on what they brought to the table, right? Their ability mm-hmm. to organize or their their ability to, to gather thoughts or, or whatever have, may be. Whereas in the more modern social media era, it seems that people who are the most colorful, who have the most dynamic personality, who are the most engaging, those are the people who amass influence. And I know that's not mm-hmm. new, mm-hmm. but it's it certainly seems like we're less interested in, um, you know, Lon Milo Duquette. Because mm-hmm. he's not quite as as edgy, he's not uh, <laughs> right. he's not a hot topic magician, right? But right. you know, hot topic magician. Um, but but yeah. but like the more edgy <laughs> folks, and like a Grant Morrison, you know, not just to pick on Corey, right. but like those right. folks will draw the attention of people who are still kind of coming out of that edge lordy gothy you know place and mm-hmm. and cling to at least initially, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's definitely something that can easily be uh like a jacket that you put on magic mm-hmm. can be that right yeah 
like any you know not to pick on magic or people that are into magic i mean anything can um can serve that function of like well i need to create an identity so i need to we were just talking off off air about this about um you used a term that was really, really good. I think uh, off the rack, yeah, kind of identity, you know, outfit, and it's like you know the magic, the shoes of magic, and the you know punk rock pants and the whatever, yeah. like whatever mix and match your choose your own adventure, and it's like you know there's a big difference between a punk rocker who uh, is that way because it really truly resonates with. Um, the way that they see the world mm-hmm. and um, someone who sees uh, a means to some other end or like sees it as a tool. Yeah. Like um, a, an, a token of identity, of belonging, uh, like a ticket into a group. Yeah. In order to, you know, then it's a means to an end. It's not about this ethos or about... Um, what the thing is it's using the thing to um achieve some really uh selfish goal if Mm -hmm. i can put it that way i guess right yeah it's definitely a supplement to something that's often lacking and yeah and i think that it's very common for younger practitioners to fall into i mean i i if i chart the last couple years Mm -hmm. I definitely went through where I hang my hat on everything that Crowley says. Mm-hmm. Initially, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a, fa- I, I'm too old to be a fanboy, but I, <laughs> but you know, when you're starting out, you don't know, you don't know who else is out there, and so right. you sort of cling to what you know, and mm-hmm. um, it's very addictive to sort of, you know, get on Amazon and order all the tools, mm-hmm. you know, all the tarot cards, all the wands, all the, the, <laughs> you know, robes and everything else. And like, there's yeah. nothing wrong with those tools. Right. Right. But, but it's that addictive, there's a, there's an addictive nature to assuming any new personality yeah. wherein you feel like you have to go and like completely live it 100% of the time in order, yeah. because you're fitting an image, which, which yeah. in some ways there's nothing wrong with enthusiasm, but no, uh, it could be all. it could definitely be a distraction, right? The guy who wears a, a polo shirt and khakis mm-hmm. can be just as good a magician, uh, right. working at uh, uh, I don't know fucking Google, you know, right. in, the, in the sales department. <laughs> yeah, they can be just as great a magician. Salmon pants and boat shoes with yeah, socks. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. Then the person who wears like the all black and the robes and the yeah. the Doc Martens and everything else, and I, yeah, I, I've, I see that trajectory, and I see it. I've seen it in myself as I've gone through different phases in my life, mm. and um, and as you start to move out of it, it, it offers mm-hmm. that perspective that okay, maybe, maybe you don't have to hang on every little thing. Maybe your entire mm-hmm. uh, personality doesn't have to be centered on one aspect of your life, and maybe even in fact. It shouldn't. And right. maybe for the benefit of your own magic and your own practice, it shouldn't be your identity. Absolutely. I mean, human beings have a need to worship. Yeah. And in this day and age, that's not a popular thing to acknowledge. And people will argue that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But if you um, believe yourself super evolved and uh, uh, you know, a person of the modern age who is too uh, 
too um, civilized for you know the superstitious nature of the past let's right. say and um, so you're an atheist and some you know like a, a materialist really yes, right um, you find a different god to worship you, and you, you know it doesn't it, you know you're not any different now in our culture today as much as we'd like to think that we are that we're um, so much further along people really aren't that different than they ever were and uh, people will find a religion of their choosing to uh, participate in Mm -hmm. and then they will go to great lengths to deny that they have any religion but they are they you know they find a a god to replace the god of their fathers that they've rejected summarily at this point and then will, um, you know, behave in the same way as a devout Christian would behave towards their religious practice. I mean, Bob Dylan, of all people, talked about this, about, you know, you, um, you're going to have to serve someone, whether that God that you worship is your own ego mm-hmm. or some kind of political movement. Mm-hmm you know regardless of the merits or otherwise of that ideology right that's not the point or it's uh like some sort of personality colorful personality like a a cult leader essentially yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know um or it's a spirit or a god or god with a capital g or whatever it is it's like human beings have this innate sort of um hardwired thing about them that they they have a devotional side to them yeah and and um you know you see it you know a lot of people who are like i'm i'm an atheist or this or that or agnostic and then they're a musician they're really into music and their music is their religion yeah and they have uh, you know a pantheon of gods (laughs) that they yeah that they that they make offerings to and you know like uh, the bands that they loved growing up, or whatever that right. rock know, stars, rock stars, idols, right? Idols, and they um, do rituals, and you know, um, and their meaning is derived from their relationship, um, the relationships uh, you know that they sort of have through that medium of deriving meaning out of their life which otherwise is meaningless yeah you know and um so people have a need to do that to feel like there's you know meaning to their existence let's say right and there's a lot of different ways to do that isn't there so um you know i don't know i think it's it's interesting to think about um identity and 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 worshiping something because you know magic can easily become like a fashion statement yeah you know what i mean as all things can as all things can exactly so um and i i'm not one to to shit on that like i think that if that's what someone wants to do that's fine like i don't think that you know if I well it's like I think about Joy Division t-shirts. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. when I was a kid and Joy Division wasn't a super trendy thing yet and right. you couldn't buy their t-shirt at Urban Outfitters or whatever. Right. Um like if you saw someone wearing a Joy Division t-shirt, you could make pretty 
accurate assumptions 99% of the time about that person wearing that shirt. Like, for example, they've gone to a goth club before. Right. They also listen to Bauhaus. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. a lot of things along those lines. Um, and that was, like, a way of communicating to other people those things about yourself. So that, you know... Whereas, um, eventually, that t-shirt became... Um, just a cool thing and all of those connotations were stripped yeah you know from from the act of having that thing and wearing that shirt like now if you see someone with a joy division shirt not only do you not know that they are really into goth music or something right or in a certain subculture that's really very specific like they also have been to the Rocky Horror Picture Show at midnight they you know like it's 99% of the time back then that was true of someone with that shirt on but now it's like you see someone wearing that shirt. Not only can you not assume that they listen to those bands, but you also can't even assume that they listen to that band, right. to Joy Division. But I, I think it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a thing. So I don't know if you're familiar with the, the, so the concept of the society of the spectacle, but Mm-mm. Guy Debord talks about the spectacle being a, a sort of, a sort of um, reaction or uh, a... a facet of capitalism Mm -hmm. which takes any counterculture movement any cultural movement truly and packages it and resells it to us often often um a toothless watered down version of it Mm -hmm. so to your point like when i was Mm -hmm. growing up and you were growing up Mm -hmm. if you saw someone with a misfit shirt or a joy division shirt or bauhaus or any of those bands Mm -hmm. you could almost guarantee certain aspects of that person's personality that are likely to be accurate just like you said they probably listen to other stuff they probably go to certain kind of clubs Mm -hmm. they've got a certain worldview right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and but as sort of counterculture or alternative or radical uh, lifestyles mm-hmm. have been consumed by the spectacle and then regurgitated out at the low, low price of nine ninety nine, <laughs> where an entire identity can be bought off a rack, mm-hmm. completely stripped of anything that gave it a meaning, but also uh, the ability to transform your life mm-hmm. gets completely sterilized and stripped away from it, and it becomes strictly fashion, mm-hmm. and that is a danger that happens to any any subculture magic is is no exception mm-hmm. and the other thing that you said that i think is really accurate is that you know nietzsche declared god as dead mm. and i i think to your point all that really occurred was it was replaced like we we used to go to the institutions and perhaps we went to the church of catholicism or we mm-hmm. went to the church of whatever and now we go to the church of mammon right we worship yeah. the god of mammon yeah. of consumerism of um of commerce mm-hmm. as a way to define ourselves and to fulfill ourselves. Right. And those things ultimately leave us empty. And so because we're sort of, we've come into this world, several generations now have come into this world mm-hmm. with, with false promises of what will fulfill us. Yeah. Right. Um, consuming will fulfill us. Well, it obviously doesn't. In fact, you can yeah. make the, certainly make the argument that it's meant to strip away our own empower our own ability to empower ourselves right right yeah and, how and many f- rich people do you know that are depressed right exactly right. like they form our own identities like it's, <laughs> it strips us of that right um you know the 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 i'm not an anti-science guy by any stretch of the imagination but this right. this weird sort of perverted 
definition of what science is, which is mm. the questioning and the re-questioning mm-hmm. and the running of an experiment over and over and over again to make mm-hmm. sure that it holds water, mm-hmm. that has been replaced by this sort of rugged atheism where like every <laughs> every theory yeah. is um, solid and, and immutable and mm-hmm. which of course is contrary to the nature of what science truly is. You know, mm. and so when we look at when we look at sort of where where the society has gone and what it offers, like in all aspects, and then you look at how it affects magic and people who are getting into magic, mm-hmm. you really start to see that it's just this regurgitation of of capitalist Western mainstream behaviors, mm-hmm. just cloaked in. Uh, something slightly edgier or unique or (laughs) rebellious. Right. You know? Yeah, well, totally. And I think uh, it's it's always interesting when people sort of uncover things about magic that uh, they don't realize upon first impression. Like, for example... um, to be at least a traditional magician or occultist in any in any way, you you can't be an atheist. Mm-hmm. Just like you can't join the Freemasons, and, you know, and be an atheist either. Right. Um, now, you don't have to be a Christian, and you don't have to be uh, a Muslim. You don't have to be an Orthodox Jew. You don't have to be, you know, whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> the magical mindset or worldview is sort of that, um, you know, that magic is a way of interacting with, um, speaking of science of interacting with the world that is not science's, um, area of expertise. Mm -hmm. So science has obviously, um, a certain section carved out right that it is a tool to deal with materialism material reality yeah right things that are tangible um whereas if you uh, are open to the notion that there are other things that are also real that essentially are outside of the domain of science as a tool to deal with those things, then um, if that's possible and you attempt to work with those those things, those subtler things, then that's magic, right? And in that case, um, Christianity or Druidry or what have you are theories. Right. Um, and the magical view of those things, whether you are a magician who's also a Christian or a magician and also a druid or whatever, or, mm-hmm. or not those things, but right. a magician, um, the idea is that you're working with a theory to, to just have something to just have something to go off of to do your work. Right. You need a starting point. You're not saying that that is actually accurate to what the reality of that super subtle thing even is right it's just what's working for you for now with the limited 
understanding even through the most adept level magic you could ever possibly access of course right and so essentially they're models they're they're maps right right but if you're talking about things that are so subtle that they transcend um finity Mm -hmm. they transcend the finite right? right they're that subtle god whatever then all of those anytime you put anything into any words you're already wrong right but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't that there isn't a use for those things because you are yourself finite so yeah. you have to use the tools that you have right. to do the best you can right have you seen... and you can still participate yeah. in like some kind of cooperative relationship with forces through magic if you know that's the word we're using as magicians to what we call it right, right. to have a, a participatory relationship with those forces and some people would call some of those things angels or demons or gods or god or jesus or buddha or whatever the divine shiva the, the divine force. the f- yeah exactly right. and all of those things uh, none of those things could be actually true about what any of us are talking about. They're just ways to wrap our minds around something enough to be able to then try to um, do something about about it. Yeah, it's right? like it's like um, it's like discussing t- the concept of time. Right. You know, I've I've, I've heard this example used many times. It, it, trying to talk about the fourth dimension. Mm-hmm living in a three-dimensional world it's impossible yeah. to truly understand it yeah we can theorize about it but we can't really visualize it the, the right. concept of time as we can conceptualize it is this linear thing when in fact mm-hmm. most most science would point to it not being a linear thing that time is actually right. a complete construct and what we have is this infinite moment infinite number of moments mm-hmm. and multiple moments and multiverses of moments that exist simultaneously mm-hmm. you know as as large as you can imagine and as small as you can imagine all at the same time and we don't have the faculties to perceive it in its truest form mm-hmm. you know every millisecond every mini millisecond any nanosecond mm-hmm. is an infinite number of those nanoseconds in every possible variation yeah in every like i I, I think it was grant morrison was actually talking about like if you could actually view time as Mm -hmm. it actually exists you would get this crazy almost like slug-like snake because every Mm -hmm. single moment of ourselves would be documented almost like you're doing stop motion right if you took stop motion right the concept of stop motion or like a flip book Mm -hmm. and you instead of flipping the book to see it linearly you you just took all the pages and like laid them out. Mm-hmm. That would be more in line with like the way time actually exists. Right. But we we only have so many faculties to be able to understand and conceptualize and communicate about these things. And so we do the best we can with them, mm-hmm. which is always why I find it so funny that there are certain folks that will um, get so dogmatic when it comes to spirituality. I mean, it's, it's sort of... Ing- we, we, we associate that sort of dogma with what we consider mainstream religion, Western religion, in particular mm-hmm. Christianity. Mm-hmm. But truly, I've seen it applied to every single belief structure that one could possibly have. Yeah. Wherein we spend time 
criticizing another person's path as true mm-hmm. or untrue <laughs> when the, the arrogance that one any one of us could have the capital TM truth mm-hmm. available to us is is fairly laughable. I think that we we oftentimes have applied different devices to everything. Like, yeah, like, exactly. Like, like well, your it's point. fundamentalism. Yeah. It's like a lot of, again, people uh, who are like, I'm so highly evolved. I don't believe in some Middle Ages kind of notions about how the world works. Um, just as much as I don't believe the earth is flat, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so superior to like that kind of thinking, mm-hmm. right? Um, and yet are superstitious in their own way without sort of being willing to acknowledge that or really look at it for what it is and and this thing about like worship about uh devotion um to something greater and that sort of thing and meaning you know yeah looking for meaning in your existence somewhere and uh you know it's interesting because uh fundamentalism uh, is not purely the domain of uh, Christian fundamentalism. And a lot of the people, I think, who um, are the loudest voices attacking Christian fundamentalism are themselves the most fundamentalist people. Right. Um, atheist fundamentalists. Oh, yeah. I've met a ton, for example. Ton, tons of those. Or, right. Um, or political fundamentalism. Yes. Like, whatever. Fundamentalism is fundamentalism. Like, it doesn't matter what costume you put on it. Right. It's about fundamentalism. It's not about Christianity. And it's not about the political team that you're playing for that you want to see win the Super Bowl. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not. That's not what it's really about. It's really about you're a fundamentalist. Right? Yeah. And it's like, obviously... Um, fundamentalists take something like Christianity and run with it and sort of give it for some people anyway, a bad reputation Mm -hmm. because they claim it's the only Christianity, which is obviously not the case. Yeah. I mean, when I was, when I was growing up, my mom had a friend uh, who, and then they would have friendly debates back when that was allowed, when you could actually do that, when people had that mm-hmm. skill set. Yeah, right. <laughs> and about whether or not Catholicism or Church of Christ was the more authentic version of, right. of Christianity, right? My, my yeah. mom and, and us being raised Catholic and her friend Cliff being part of Church of Christ. And I mm-hmm. actually belonged to both both churches mm-hmm. at different points in my life. I was raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older, I... I changed over to Church of Christ for a little while. It's like what mm-hmm. I, it's kind of going from a, a reference Bob Dylan going from his mm-hmm. electric uh, stuff to his yeah. like, <laughs> older folk stuff, right? Right. And and and, and to your point the reality of it is is that there is no extremist and fundamentalism can exist no matter what you attach it to. And I think part yeah. of what causes that is that we apply certain systems uh, to everything. Right. You mentioned right. earlier that like science has a domain that it operates in mm-hmm. and it and it functions quite highly in that world, right? Of of the material plane. Um yeah. but the whole purpose of philosophy was to address certain aspects of this world mm-hmm. that um that that material science could not. And, yeah. and and retroactively we can then group it into as part of a science, the science of psychology, mm-hmm. right? But right, it, exactly. it really did seem to exist out of a need to explain something that 
uh, chemistry, as an example, mm-hmm. or physics could not, right? Right. I think uh, spirituality or religion, people have a, they really worry about the word religion, but it, mm-hmm. it's fine. Or use spirituality, whatever you want to use. Yeah. That also serves its own role. Um, right. Very specifically in that role, it doesn't apply to everything. Exactly. Po- politics is another one that in more recent years, I've seen apply to every aspect of one's life. Mm-hmm. And, and, as someone who grew up highly politically minded, mm-hmm. I have come to understand it as a, a sort of theater of distraction, mm. right? Wherein, mm-hmm. like, we join these sides, yeah. uh, and and we 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 take away the essence of real political activism mm-hmm. from the objective of making the world better, mm-hmm. and as part of our earlier conversation, we make it part of our identity. Right. And then yeah, we exactly. apply those politics to everything. And I think an offshoot of that is, is our, is our applied moralism, mm-hmm. you know, towards other folks and other conditions and other time periods, even mm-hmm. where we take these things that we believe in mm-hmm. and then we blanket them over every aspect of our life mm-hmm. without recognizing that they exist in, in certain corners of the world yeah in context in context right, right? like politics right. don't belong as part of everything right like i i'm i believe very strongly in a separation of church and state yeah i think most people do especially people who are like uh americans and generally like on, on the liberal side of things typically mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um yet yet you see in uh alternative occult circles or esoteric mm-hmm. circles or new age circles this sort of in fusion of identity politics in particular but politics Mm -hmm. in general because it goes on both sides Mm -hmm. into the world of spirituality where i don't really Mm -hmm. think they they're very much an oil and water kind of uh additives well that's an interesting thing to talk about because when you're talking about magic at least as i understand it anyway and i'm coming from a pretty traditional western magical point of view Mm -hmm. um via golden dawn Mm -hmm. right Obviously, there are a lot of different strains of magic. You know, there's Eastern magic and, you know, so that's that's one thing. But coming from that point of view, um, the magical perspective is that you aren't any of those things anyway. Right. Like if you are male or if you're trans male to female whatever you know any of these things mm-hmm. um if you think that that is really important it's like you're not understanding a fundamental concept about magic mm-hmm. which is that you're much more than that identity whatever the identity is right you know and that's not to diminish the importance of standing in your truth right which is important and and, and something the protection to the to, protection of to, that to do so yeah, yeah exactly and that is you know um but the thing is that to your point about politics mixing into magic mm-hmm. right and let's say identity politics becoming um a baton maybe that people are beating each other over the head with one yeah. way or the other on either side yeah of on it, both let's sides say, on both sides yeah. of it it's like well, the magical, again, the magical view is, you know, generally speaking, there's reincarnation and you've been all genders already at different times, most likely. Right. 
And so to um, get stuck in the conversation now that's going on and spend that much of your time and energy worrying about that, like it's of utmost importance, yeah, is really taking your eye off the ball, which is, you know, <laughs> a much bigger picture than that, yeah. really, right? Um, so, you know, that's obviously not the most popular thing to say these days, right? But, but, it's, but there's truth to it because, again, to be very clear, we're not talking about, uh, you know, like I'm very proud to be a Chicano, right? That's part right. of my identity. Mm-hmm. I'm Mexican-American, third generation. Like that's, um, that's, a, that's very much part of who I am. Yeah. But that being said, I'm as a as a magic practitioner and believer, I I will take the the conversation about reincarnation having been different things yeah. a step further with that we are actively right now not only different things but all things. Exactly. If we believe that we are like you are not limited by the fact that you're Chicano. Right. And that is not the sum total of who you are what you are is yeah. that. You're more than that. Yeah, like and- that is a part of you but it's like you saying that your hand which is a part of you that you are just your hand. Right. But you're not. You're also all your arm and your foot and your head and all these other things and they're different things but they're all part of one thing right because if if we are to believe that we're all part of the divine right. we're literally like divine poured itself into a, a and a, the world worth of perspectives and vantage points right then we are more than just our hands right i, I am literally you right and you exactly. are literally me mm-hmm. and we are all together there you go. It's <laughs> a magical mystery tour, baby. Yeah, yeah, but but you know we're we're uh, that's why to me like this idea, this infusion of of politics, and I've always considered myself a leftist, but mm-hmm. like I, it just it seems to work in it seems to have the same effect on magic mm-hmm. that uh, right wing politics has had on Christianity in the last couple hundred years, in particular. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the opposite of a bad idea is another bad idea. Yeah. Right? So, uh, reacting to something that's a bad idea, like you said, right-wing, let's say fundamentalist Christianity. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, bad idea. Uh, So then to pivot and go like in the exact opposite direction, Mm -hmm. another bad idea. Yeah. And really, ultimately, the same thing when you see from a bird's eye perspective, the binary there. Yeah. It's the fundamentalism thing I was talking about before. It's like you're 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 the same person that you're fighting against. Yeah. You are your enemy. Yeah. Like you are literally that thing that you hate. Yeah. You just have a different vantage outfit on yeah. that you're wearing your, your ego but you're behaving the same way and doing the same things yeah well because we are actively the same thing like right. that i was i i would have to find it because i don't recall off the top of my head but i was watching this podcast with uh, a jewish author i believe i believe it was an author and he had done like dmt or some psychedelic right mm-hmm. and in the in the process of this trip he came to the realization that he was hitler mm. 
in 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 the spiritual sense, right? That mm-hmm. like as a Jewish man with and and all the history that comes with that, mm-hmm. that he also had to recognize that that if if he is part of this universe, mm-hmm. this collective oneness, mm-hmm. then that means that he's also part of the people who who uh, victimized and, and 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 tormented his lineage, his history, him and himself, right? Right. And and to to come to terms with that duality of I am not only what my ego allows me to perceive myself as me, mm-hmm. but I'm also everyone around me, even the people whom have done me harm, mm-hmm. even the people who I may hate, even the people yeah. who annoy the shit out of me, the yeah. people who cut me off on the freeway, the person who got my order wrong, <laughs> the annoying person on Twitter. Like mm-hmm. I am all those people and they are me. Mm-hmm. And that's a really difficult concept for us to understand and even if we understand it to like to live mm. because we've been raised in this very atomized rugged individualistic country most of us listening and mm-hmm. and it's just it's so challenging to separate that tribalism from what the core of uh, to my knowledge most western magic kind of promotes which is that mm-hmm. we are oneness we are yeah and and so when we talk about things like um Allowing this spectacle to sort of water down what magic provides. When mm-hmm. we, even when we talk about like taking magic and and creating an identity for ourselves around it, as though again, as though that 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 makes us an individual, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about the infusion of politics, all these things to me seem very contradictory to the point of magic, and I'm sure there's. Uh, mm-hmm. Plenty of people who are listening who are going to disagree with that, um, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, again, as I understand it, mm-hmm. we we should be moving ourselves through magic, yeah, to a place where we come to terms with our true existence. In the same way mm-hmm. that uh, if we had the faculties to do so, mm-hmm. we could move our perception of time mm. to reveal what it actually is. Yeah, right. Well. To me, anyway, um, magic and religion are doing, trying to do the same thing, which is to um, have a relationship with the spiritual side of existing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are different, different ways of doing that. And within each one, obviously, there are different ways as right. well. You know, you could be Wiccan or you could be Golden Dunth, Thelemite, whatever. Like, um, just like you could be a Christian or, you know, um, any number of things. But to me, yeah, there's a lot of conversation that can happen around the relative merits or otherwise of any number of these things. Um, And like very abstract philosophical debates, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly I've been one to engage in those from time to time. Sure. We all uh, of course. And sometimes it's fun to do, but ultimately to me, it really comes down to something pretty simple, which is what are you doing and, uh, what is the result? Yeah. Right. So, you know, I know plenty of people who, um, practice, uh, Thelemic magic and their life is a mess and mm-hmm. they're an asshole, right? Yeah. 
and um, then you have, you know, people, you know, it's like with anything, you look at what's, what's being done, right? People want to, these days, obviously it's very popular, especially in our world. Cause you and I are both like weirdo <laughs> punk yeah. rock kids, goth, like whatever, yeah, like, yeah. you know, into all of the subculture like that is going on and always, always been like that. So we know that, you know, it's, especially in there, it's like popular to just like whole hog just shit on like christianity for example right um it's just like the the go-to whipping boy of like of everybody yeah and it's like well you know to be fair uh, you know um i've met plenty of people that for them their christian practice their spiritual practice which is christianity um has had a measurable demonstrable positive effect on them and on the their life that they lead like Mm -hmm. they treat people well because of that practice they have um they have a reason to do it they uh their life is peaceful and stable and calm and they have um sort of a trajectory they um deal with people fairly they're not a jerk they're not you know taking advantage of people and and any number of things right and so the thing is again is that you know you can find examples pro and con about um you know golden dawn magicians like i've met you know certainly people who have taken the tools of golden dawn magic and gone totally like jack parsons just had it blow up in their face and killed them yeah legitimately and then also on the other side people who getting into the that magic it's done the thing i was just talking about it's like totally been um you can see a market improvement on the person that they're changing into because of that and the you look at their life it's like in the bible it says you know you judge by the fruits and it's like to me it's you know it's fun to have very abstract conversations about like concepts and this sort of thing but sometimes to me it becomes impractical and becomes just sort of like a, a masturbatory intellectual exercise that yeah. is entertaining but what, sometimes I like to get down to brass tacks and go well what are you doing and what's actually happening right, right. and it's like that to me is what's what really is what's important and everything else doesn't matter because yeah. again, my my other view is what I've already said, which is that all of these things at the end of the day, all of them are theories, all right. of them, like and they about work, any and, and they spiritual, work, yeah, and they work differently for folks, right? And they work differently for folks. And if you take one person, it's like drinking. Yeah, some people can have a drink and not need to have another drink, and and then other people if they have one drink the next thing you know they're an alcoholic they're on they're friggin with a needle in their arm in the right. gutter they have to go to AA and get sober and then they have to stay away from drinking and they right. can't have just one drink with their friends because yeah. if they do they won't be able to you know control themselves to say no to the second drink the fifth drink the cocaine later right. that night all that stuff then like for me for example like I know people like what I'm just saying right now, but then for me, I've been able to have a drink and enjoy it 
and then not need to have another drink and not drink for three more months and then have another drink or yeah. two or three drinks in one night and then not drink for a year at all. I mean, or I, like, I think whatever. I so. think today was the first time I'd ever seen you drink and we've been right. friends for a while now. Well, and you know, and, and, and it's, it's an interesting thing because like, I, th- I know I've said this to you before. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but like if magic or, or any religion or spirituality isn't, improving your life Mm -hmm. isn't making you happier Mm -hmm. isn't making you more satisfied isn't Mm -hmm. making you a better person Mm -hmm. if if it's alienating you Mm -hmm. if it's causing chaos if it's doing nothing yeah if it's making you more angry if it's Mm -hmm. making you more paranoid if it's making you see predators in every dark corner (laughs) right right? if these are the things that magic is doing for you or religion is doing for you christianity Mm -hmm. is doing for you uh, whatever yeah. politics are doing to you, science yeah. is doing to you, whatever. Yeah. If these things are are not affecting your life for the better, then what's the fucking point? Because what's frankly, right. you know, an hour to two hours a day of magic, right? You mm-hmm. could spend that time uh, watching an episode of The Sopranos. You could go watch yeah. a movie. You could go for a run. Mm-hmm. You could go uh, go get fast food if you want. You know, yeah. treat yourself. Yeah. But like, if 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 these things that you invest your not only your time, but your effort and and certainly if you're gonna if you're gonna take on an identity based solely around this <laughs> one thing, right? Surely it should yield you results that are easy for anyone to see Mm. and i think that sometimes and this is why i think it's really important to not infuse other aspects um or 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 institutions Mm -hmm. right or 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 beliefs when you intermix them sometimes you 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 don't get out of it what you want you mm-hmm. know like the specifically politics and, and magic right yeah i see this all the time even I'm, within magical systems like 100%. mixing things without knowing what you're doing yeah without really having understood an entire system front to back first like is dangerous in the same way because again it's like imagine going up to somebody and and saying to them a sentence that's in hungarian japanese english and french all at once it's yeah. like well it's not gonna be it's not gonna make a lot of sense right sometimes it can be hilarious you know be hilarious yeah there was gonna be all over the place and it's like you know it's i've been guilty of this for sure most people i think doing magic where you just sort of cherry pick the things that you like out of magic from different traditions or different systems of magic and then you wonder why the results that you get are either at best sort of all over the place and mm. unpredictable or at worst generally pretty bad. Right. And it's like, well, maybe it's because you're not fluent in any of these languages yet. Maybe yeah. you should get fluent in a language so you understand how a language works before you decide to be Tolkien and invent a language. Do you think he could have done that if he hadn't mastered English first? Right. And understood how a language works, understand grammar, understand the subtleties yeah how is how just how a system is put together yeah so that you can then put together a system you know it doesn't make sense that you'd be able to do that if you didn't have experience well like i'll give you an example i i once dated a woman who was um half cuban half puerto rican Mm -hmm. and she spoke fluent spanish but her spanish was Mm -hmm. more i believe it was more uh puerto rican in dialect Mm -hmm. and although it's spanish that is both countries speak yeah uh there's there's different nuances to it. Mm-hmm. And she had said, I forget exactly, it's been many, many years, but she said something in 
Spanish that would have translated one way in like Puerto Rican Spanish, oh. but in Cuban Spanish was something like calling someone a maggot or something like that, you know, or like a bug <laughs> yeah. or something, something along those lines. Yeah. You know, and it's just this, this, the subtle difference in the language and the nuance and, mm. you know, like even, even look in America, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the subtle nuance in dialect from like, for example, where I'm at, te- where I was born, Texas, mm-hmm. or where I live now, California mm. can substantially mean different things or be interpreted different ways. And yeah. I think we, we get, uh, very caught up in making generalizations mm-hmm. um, because again so much of our culture is is sort of defined by atomization and individualism that we we make sweeping generalizations about those who do not fit in our ecosystem right, <laughs> right so right. again being from texas and now living in california about two different states as you can get but mm-hmm. but they're not really you know, I was right. recently in Texas filming and the producer was like, you know, we're reading the news about all the stuff that Texas is doing that's kind of shitty, uh-huh. very shitty. Yeah. And he was like, dude, what's up with your home state? And I said, what's up with the the Congress and the governor of my home state or what's up with my home state? Because yeah. the people who, are, who live there, who are just trying to like make a living, have a life, yeah. find some serenity in their world, yeah. those folks, they're, they're not responsible for any of this they're not for this and yeah and the whole thing isn't one thing it's like the identity thing we were talking about before or the christianity thing we were talking about before it's like to say that christianity is bad because of of the inquisition is like what you're saying like well texas is just like let's just blow texas off the map because of the laws about abortion for example right right but it's like so you just think everybody thinks that way in Texas? There That's are, not true. There are definitely people because I remember when when uh, the free they had a freeze last year, I guess. Yeah, that was really substantial to the point where my yeah. sister, who lives in Austin, right, lost power while having an infant in the house. <laughs> right, right. You know, and so from my perspective, I'm concerned about my niece mm-hmm. and my nephew, who was three at the time, wow. and my family, right? Mm-hmm. And I see these smug assholes online who are just like, yeah. oh, fuck Texas, fuck this. Like, exactly. You know, it's not, yeah. it's, it's, it, there's a, there, when you, when you mix in those politics, it, it removes the humanity. Like it, it like, yeah. it, it like edges the humanity out of the conversation totally. because all you're seeing is colors, right? Raiders totally. versus Cowboys versus yeah. Chiefs versus Patriots versus uh, whatever, right? Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> instead of, instead of recognizing that these are real life people who have their own struggles and their own um, sense of morality and their own sense of right and wrong and their own sense of struggle. And yeah. And we, we, separate ourselves from them as though we're not them and we are them at least from yeah, my perspective exactly. you know exactly and you know to your point on in terms of these people are people and i think often these days especially because it's such a thing now to divide everybody mm-hmm. and people are actively participating in that process amongst each other yeah it's interesting because um Really, people, I think, have a lot more in common with each other than they'd like to admit. Mm-hmm. Um, even people that seemingly are like mortal enemies, like some fundamentalist right-wing Christian and like a communist, anarchist, like, you know, social justice warrior yeah. who's like, you know, an atheist or whatever. It's like, 
both people are doing the best they can with their worldview that they have right now and uh, both want to be happy mm-hmm. both want to um, um, you know be there for their friends and family for the yeah. most part obviously there's exceptions of there course. are definitely psychos sure. for sure who are not that way but I'm speaking generally you know um, and yeah this person might align themselves with that ideology this person the other the opposite let's say if you want to look at it that way but ultimately there's a lot more common ground than generally either of those people would like to admit especially mm-hmm. nowadays yeah and so it's interesting to me that there isn't more of an effort for people to focus on that and build those bridges um, there's so much more uh, emphasis on pointing out the differences that really are, I think, trends. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because uh, it's really like uh, these, these are things that are um, surface level, like they're sports teams. Yeah. Really. Mm -hmm. And um, again, like at the end of the day, both types of people believe what they believe and what they are working towards are the same things like they're both trying to be happy they're both trying to do what they think is the right thing right they're both trying to um make some progress move forward like have success um you know all of that stuff and they might have totally different ideas of how that works out and how to do that and what the right or wrong way is if that's even a thing for them or not you know have totally different ideas about that that they and they one thing i noticed that seems to be a bit reductive on both sides mm-hmm. is to just cult, totally dismiss someone's like oh, yeah. perspective without trying to understand it first that doesn't mean that you have to like agree with it but a lot of times the extremes again the opposite of one bad idea is another bad idea it's like you know um well and look i i mean i think it's i think i think it's not only possible but i think it's important you know i'll read a blog from uh someone who might self-identify as a more conservative person yeah and i'll take from it what i find is relevant and i'll dismiss what i don't yeah um and 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 then maybe in the same day or even in the same hour Mm -hmm. i'll go listen to a socialist themed podcast and same thing i'll take what i think applies and i'll dismiss what doesn't yeah and this is again why i feel like we don't often or many of us are not taking stock as to whether or not what we're doing is working and yes. whether or not the people that we're surrounding ourselves with and what they're pushing us to believe or their or their or what they're bringing into our lives whether or not it is actively making our lives better and happier mm-hmm. my, my mom used to have a phrase that was like when you stick a white glove in mud it doesn't turn the mud white you know mm-hmm. it gets the glove dirty mm-hmm. and and i think that taking stock of are of of how we're approaching whatever it is that we're using in our lives right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. taking stock of that and really being honest about what kind of a person it's doing it's making us yeah and what kind of an impact on our lives it's having yeah before deciding to move forward and certainly in my opinion before waving the banner Mm -hmm. at the front of the line and declaring it the be-all end-all and the only way right because Mm -hmm. that's that's the that's the slippery slope down to fundamentalism right to extremism yeah. yeah and and that's why you see so much tribalism 
that exists because we we are less concerned about whether or not it's working for us and we're more concerned about what other people are doing mm-hmm. and we're pr- applying our own sense of morality to their actions to their business to their mm-hmm. private lives mm-hmm. rather than focusing on our own and our own happiness mm-hmm. uh, it's it's it is a it it provides maybe at best a momentary distraction mm-hmm. from our own problems and deficiencies. Yeah, it, it allows us to point the finger at someone else without dealing with any of our own things that we should be accountable for. Right, without allowing room for improvement and growth and uh, learning from mistakes, mm-hmm. because because we want to feel superior in that moment. We want to yeah. feel like this thing that we're doing makes us feel superior, but it's all very shallow because it doesn't have the depth that comes with f- practicing something that gives us peace yeah. in the end and love. Yeah, right. right. Not to be super hippie dude, but like, it, well, well, I mean, shit, that's kind of the point, right? Otherwise, go watch go watch TV because it's probably exactly. more entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely, in the experience I've had practicing magic, um, and I've moved around from egregore to egregore at various times. Um, um, I've definitely found myself in situations where I was, I thought pretty convinced about a path and then practicing that work. And then looking back months or years later sometimes and going, where am I at now compared to before mm-hmm. and saying I'm a worse person and I treat people worse yeah. and I'm um, my life is more chaotic and filled with more conflict and rather than do do a thing that I see happening a lot and we've talked a lot about not that I've never done this I have done this oh, we've all done but, this yeah, yeah but, oh, not, but I, I was willing to not blame somebody else yeah. I was willing to to take responsibility and say um, all of the drama that's going on and um, the mess that's happening isn't someone else's fault. It's mm-hmm. my fault. And furthermore, um, not only is it choices that I'm making, but it's also the magic that I'm practicing. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it's magic's fault. It's my fault because I made the choice. Yeah. So, and by the way, that you know, same magic might affect someone in a far more positive way. Yeah, it might. Right. So we're right. not. We're, I mean, I don't think we're we're trying to say. We're, I think we're actively trying not to say that one model fits all. That's exactly right. what would be us falling to the very trappings that we're talking about. Yeah. But more in taking stock of it and really focusing ma- our magical practices, our spiritual practices, on ourselves. And mm-hmm. as it relates to what it does inside of us right. and less about how we clothe ourselves or certainly what other people are doing with their practices or how they're doing it or what what course of action they follow or what teacher mm-hmm. they learn from or any of those things. Right. Because mm-hmm. in the end, if it's not making your life better, if you're just yeah. if you're just doing capitalism, but make it magic, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you're yeah. just then then you're you're, in my opinion, um, well, I mean, look, again, take stock of your own life. Make your own assumption. Don't listen to me. But yeah. but, but I, I feel like there in my short time practicing magic, not only following my own patterns and my own mistakes I've made and my own things I must learn from and be accountable for, mm-hmm. uh, but also seeing others around me and seeing sort of the trends, it feels like right now we have this this 
stranglehold of capitalism and everything that comes with American culture around spiritual beliefs, uh, mm-hmm. no matter how divorced or punk we are from that, it, I <laughs> see it in every 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 offshoot of, that I've come across, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that the only way to combat that is to do the inner work to change yourself, because if you change yourself, you can change the world around you. I think I told you yeah. off mic, like there's a, there's a CM Punk quote that I really love, which is that you can't change the world from your couch. Mm-hmm. And yes, that means you folks on social media and Twitter, like you, <laughs> you're not changing the world from your couch. Like you have mm-hmm. to, you got to do the work. You yeah. got to do the work and you got to see the results of your labors. Results. Yeah. To me, that's the key word. It's like you can scream and shout about this or that. Um, but what are the results of your beliefs, your spiritual practices, your choices? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you make the world a better place day to day or not? by being in it or are you making it worse? Yeah. You know? And, um, I don't know. I think again, it's, it's interesting to parse things out and have like philosophical conversations about ideas, which are very abstract, but it can really be that simple. And I think a lot of the times it, it, it needs to be, um, it needs to be that way. And, um, you know, again, it's like, what are you doing? Is it working? What's happening? You know, that sort of a thing. Looking at things from that point of view. Very simply on a very mundane level, I guess you could say, right? Right. And, you know, um, a lot of people that practice magic, for example, and they're assholes. Um, and maybe they shouldn't practice magic. Maybe they'd be, you know, yeah. creating less bad karma that they're going to have to deal with one way or another anyway, you know? What was it? Better ter- for them. There's a term you've used before. Is it? Is that cosmic karma? It's... Uh karmic culmination yeah 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 yeah. well yeah it's like that's that whole notion of when you start practicing magic that your karma will show up that you've been avoiding on your door for you to deal with right and you know um but also i think with magic you can kind of have maybe more control over how and when and in what manner to deal with that karma as well more so than if you just don't yeah perhaps but you know with karma um Something that I that I've recognized for me anyway, right, is that for one thing, like I was saying before, there's definitely a particular system of magic that I've practiced that I realized was doing the thing that I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm not just saying this for other people like do as I say, not as I do. Right. right That's right. not what I'm doing. Like I have been the guy who's like. I'm all in on this thing and I do it. And then I at some point stop and look around and go, I'm making a real mess of things. Yeah. And it is totally, I don't have anyone to blame if I'm being honest. Yeah. Which is also a choice. Right. So you don't have to, you could live in denial. I, nope. I could totally be in denial. And I see those people doing that right yeah. now, you know, for sure. And yeah. I've also seen me doing it in the past, yeah. but I'm just at a point now where I just don't have time because I'm getting older. Yeah. I'm not getting more time. Right. And I need to do the best I can with like what I've got right now, you know, yeah. to work with. So it's like, you know what? Um, I'm going to take responsibility um, for results, you know, in a karmic sense, like karma is just cause and effect. Right. Yeah. So these are the effects, you know, that are happening. And um, 
so then I've gone and made different choices. And one of the one of the important lessons that I learned was the importance of ethics, mm-hmm. magical ethics, and just ethics in general. Um, and how little um, people really seem to talk about that these days, really. Yeah. People beyond don't. magic, right? Like just in general, like just ethics is in not general really... and in magic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, uh, like doing doing magic with or for or on other people. Like the notion that um, you shouldn't do that without um, permission, right? You know, and then the understanding of why that's the case. You know, these are all ethical things to to deal with, and a lot of people don't spend any time thinking about that and um i've done magic for years and gotten to a point where i realized that that's the most important thing before you do anything is to think about the ethics of what you're doing because ethics are tied to karma yeah that's what it is it's not um it's not anything else it's like if you are doing magic to try to control other people without their consent Mm -hmm. you're creating bad karma right um, it's an ethical issue, but the reason you should care is because of karma. Yeah. It's because of cause and effect, right? It it's also, not about like being, you know, people think of ethics or morality as like being, oh, it's like about this dogmatic thing or being uh, like in fear of God, like punishing you. And it's right. like, no, it's not about that. That's not to say I don't believe those things, sure. but it's not about that to me. It's about, like, why would you want to, um, you know, there's this magical concept of, like, if you're trying to control somebody else's will, like, if you're trying to do a love spell mm-hmm. on somebody else, like, you want the neighbor to fall in love with you. And so you do the spell to get the neighbor to fall in love with you. What you're trying to do is control your neighbor's will. Right. And that's that's not cool. Right. I mean, also, but, like, when you do that, the effect karmically on you would be then that you're invoking an energy of being controlled yeah to then control that neighbor to get the neighbor to fall in love with you to fulfill the right you know because goal of your working you're pulling that energy into you first before you distribute it and also yeah it's like invoking mars to attack it's like you're invoking the energy of war into yourself you're gonna you're gonna be at war as it's like it's the what comes around goes around it's you know all of these it's the it's all of those kinds of things like and you know you can't invoke like ener- negative energies without it what do they say about swallowing poison you know what I'm saying yeah, it's yeah, like well, it's swallowing poison to spit it at somebody yeah, to spit at somebody. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's that it's it is that thing and so it's like maybe it's best that you don't try to coerce people magically or otherwise yeah and you don't try to um, change people's minds without being honest about that and without trying to force them. Like, in, even in a conversation, I think, yeah. well, at this point, well, because when that's you, sort of a thing. It's like... Yeah, when you, when you seek to enslave someone, 
yeah. for lack of a better phrase, mm-hmm. you become a slave to that impulse. Mm-hmm. You become a slave to that desire. Mm-hmm. You become a slave to the desired outcome. Mm-hmm. And again, to, to the point we were talking about earlier, I think it distracts from the ultimate goal. Not to say that you can't manifest material things. Mm-hmm. Um, this house that we're in, I manifested. Like Several things have happened along those lines. Like a, um, but But always for a greater purpose, right? Always for the greater purpose of helping me get to a place that I need to be to in, to continue to evolve myself. Mm-hmm. And um, when we are focusing on other people and other people's practices and trying to control them and manipulate them or whatever, we're not spending the time on ourselves to grow in the way that we need to. Like one thing mm-hmm. that I've found in my practice, as I focus more of my energy on getting rid of things that don't serve me, Mm-hmm. Um, impulses, desires, addictions, habits, bad practices, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. is that I, you know, it like any like any physical addiction that we could think of, alcoholism, for example, it's a day to day process. You have better days, you have worse days, mm-hmm. but I'm far more empathetic to myself and and far more forgiving of myself when I don't make every decision perfectly or I don't carry myself in the way that is suitable for for how i imagine that's just for example my my future kids to see or my mom to see or whatever mm-hmm. whatever analogy you want to use like uh, <laughs> my version of the kind of me that i want right the hero of my story mm-hmm. sometimes i don't live up to that but mm-hmm. i found that over time over the last couple of years of of continuous practice that i am not so heavy on myself for a slip up and mm-hmm. that because my focus is on making myself a better person and being more empathetic to myself, mm-hmm. it then also helps me be more empathetic towards people around me, which is why yeah. I, I keep going back to like, you know, as within, so without mm-hmm. make the change within yourself. And then you don't have to worry as much about spending all your time trying to change the world around you because it will yeah. kind of just naturally occur. Yeah. You know, the person who I am today, I hope is a little bit better than the person I was yesterday. And the person I am tomorrow, I hope is a little bit better than the person I am today. Mm -hmm. And that's really all you can guarantee in life. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you focus your energy on that, then it's really hard to be judgmental about other people or even concerned about what the fuck's going on in their life Mm -hmm. because you recognize and you take, you have self-awareness and accountability for the heaviness of your own life Mm -hmm. that you don't have time in my opinion or in my experience you don't have time or the inclination to be worried about someone else's business because it's Mm -hmm. just another backpack you're putting on your shoulders that you don't need yeah yeah i mean i mean you know again it's like there's a lot of hemming and hawing about you know this or that cause yeah. or whatever and it's like um from people who who treat the people in their personal life like shit yeah you know yeah and it's like uh the grandstanding that you're doing and i'm not picking on any side or anything no, it's, it's all, all ha- sides. happens everywhere it's everywhere um, and we've done it i'm sure I, i've i've definitely done yeah it. i can speak for yeah. that myself like, yeah i've done it in a way where it was routine and unexamined yeah and that actually brings me to the thing of you know to even get to the point 
for any person to get to the point, let alone becoming a better person every day, but to even get to the point where they just see themselves clearly for what mm-hmm. they really are. Yeah. The that they can see themselves. Right. Yeah. Even for a moment, most people can't, most people aren't, not only are not trying to do that, but um, wouldn't be able to handle it. Sure, right? yeah. and, and they know that somewhere deep inside, right? Yeah. And they're not actively working to change into the kind of person that could handle that so that then they could do that. Right. They're not doing that. Um, and that's fine. But, um, you know, I for one, uh, you know, if I'm going to give myself any credit, at all here and you should and maybe i should maybe i should then uh you know i i'd like to say that uh i've been willing to do that i've been willing to take an honest look you know Mm. at uh at myself whether it's as a magician or a friend or um an employee or member of some kind of a team or whatever Mm. it is um take an honest look at at me and um acknowledge that the narrative i've been telling myself about who that person is doesn't match up with the reality or the results which it's the same thing right and then to say you know there's cognitive dissonance here that i think i'm this guy but i'm actually this guy and a lot of people don't want to do that right and so I'll at least take credit, you know, yeah. where it's due, if it's due, in the sense that, um, you know, I've had those moments of stopping in my tracks and going, oh, I'm I'm wrong about a lot of things, right? And um, I need to take responsibility for damage that I've done because I was wrong and then change ways of thinking and also behaviors Mm -hmm. let's say for example and um and then see what happens and then what happened what happens when you do that um if you're being honest is uh you're creating less bad karma right and so things do shift and like you said as within so without it's true you know if you start to make those changes inwardly then it doesn't just manifest only in the fact that you are changing who you are so you may treat someone else differently. It's also the fact that things react around you in subtle ways and shift um, based on the kind of person that you are, right? Yeah. You know, it's like the difference between a light bulb that's off or on. The one that's on has a bunch of moths around it, right? When I, I look at it this way also... Um... Again, because I, I hold very firmly to this belief that that we are all part of one. Yeah. So every bad thing you've done, another part of you in the cosmic sense has done mm-hmm. worse yeah. and better. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Every person that you're pointing the finger at is you in a way. Mm-hmm. And so you've done, we have done, all of us have done the most despicable things possible mm-hmm. and the most altruistic things possible simultaneously always at every given moment mm-hmm. in various degrees, right? And in, in, in a spectrum of behavior. But as that's a very heady sort of way of looking at it and it's, it's at least where I'm at now is impossible to be that way all the time. That's mm-hmm. essentially what enlightenment is or crossing the abysses, right? It's getting mm-hmm. to that point of recognizing that and actually being 
really indoctrinated with that as a way of how you view the world. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a neutron. I think it's a neutron. If you affect a neutron, or maybe it's an electron, it's one of those particles. <laughs> you, you, like scientists have done experiments where you take two particles that have that have been associated with each other they separate them mm-hmm. they affect one and no matter the distance the other one is affected oh, right yeah mm-hmm. you know but as we if we believe that we're all part of this cosmic oneness then mm-hmm. as we make positive changes within ourselves become more empathetic lead with love mm-hmm. um be more forgiving uh be more understanding uh be willing to make be self-aware be willing to be accountable be willing to be Um, less judgmental be willing to be more understanding as these things happen within us if we are in fact all part of one cosmic oneness then it will affect the other versions of ourselves Mm -hmm. just by our own change and if nothing else Mm -hmm. even if you're listening and you're like this is all an hour and a half of of waxing woo woo fine (laughs) maybe it is maybe it is and that's cool right but but there's been many, many studies that have shown that the way we carry ourselves affects those around us. Right. Right. Yeah, Even exactly. if you don't believe in any of the other stuff, like the way that we carry ourselves, the way that we hold our head up, pull our shoulders mm-hmm. back, stand up straight, dress, mm-hmm. clean, whatever, all these things affect the personality around us. We've all come in to work in a bad mood or, or a coworker came in in a bad mood mm-hmm. and it puts us on edge, right? <laughs> yeah. And even if we don't understand why, we just feel it. Even if they didn't say anything to us, we just feel it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I believe strongly that the converse can occur. As we are mm-hmm. able to work on ourselves to be more peaceful, more uh, flowy like water and, mm-hmm. and, and more compassionate, then, then those around us also seem to fall into that. And at very least, we will remove those who... If they're not naturally belonging to the, our sort of internal ecosystem, then then we'll move away from those things, either actively mm-hmm. or or non, you know, or um, subtly, mm-hmm. we'll, passively. We'll move away from them and and gravitate towards those who who do have the kind of energy that we're trying to give off. Those, those versions of ourselves that are more in line with where we're at at the moment. Yeah. Once again, you have just listened to part one of my conversation with Whitney, and I hope that you stick around for part two coming out next week. I want to thank Whitney once again for his time, uh, his insight, um, and I think we have a, a lot of really interesting conversation points that we're going to get into in the second part of this uh, interview conversation, and I hope that you've all enjoyed it, and I want to thank you all for your time. I hope that this conversation has spurned some uh, new thoughts in your minds, new perspectives, or maybe as we've talked about as we talk about in this first part perhaps you listened and none of it served you in, in which case i invite you to toss away anything that you listen to that doesn't actively serve your goals because at the end of the day what we all should be striving to do is supporting one another into doing our own wills not causing harm to others and at least from my point of view, leaving the world just a little bit better than you found it. And if you you mess up once in a while, we are all human. I know sometimes there's a there's a pressure to be more than human or transcend humanity, but but we're all sort of stuck in the mud as it relates to that. And um, that's okay. Sometimes you know, let's be compassionate to ourselves. Let's be empathetic to ourselves. Let's allow ourselves and our neighbors to be a little bit better tomorrow than they were today. So thank you once again to Whitney. Thank you once again to all of you all. 
Tune in next week for part two of my conversation with Whitney. And until next time, gold rings on you all.